0: All right. Hello and welcome. I'm Heather. And I'm Laura. This is our second hello and welcome this morning. (laughs) So we were going to try to record. We tried to record last week, too. Now, granted, we were a little busy last week. But this week, and if it starts, I'm just going to leave it in. uh, We're having fucking there it is, dude. (laughs) We're having some equipment issues. And it's not that we're not trying to record. Yeah. It's just been a nightmare. So we are not flaking. We just, you know, we had to do it a little bit on the low budget. But yeah. I'm working again. We can buy some better stuff. Yeah. But now it's just a matter of getting it. And we've been trying to record for 30 minutes. We've yeah, gotten like it's not working. five minutes worth of shit. So... <laughs> uh just general apologies maybe we'll try to chat real quick just about i don't know stupid shit going yeah. on in our lives not that it matters <laughs> we can oh we can read the review about yes oh my god okay so trying to trying to get these cables because we know we're gonna uh, we went again really low it was like 10 bucks for these yeah. cables so we're gonna try to double fucking there it is god damn it i'm gonna try to get these cables god damn it so help me fucking god
1: breathe
0: no (laughs) (laughs) i'm (laughs) hyperfinaling um yeah dude read that review for the cables which yeah so the cables they obviously say like male to female just like yeah as a general it's a term that's been used since we invented plugs so there's a whole bunch of like reviews
1: one star reviews but one of them says product is incredibly good but the non-gender neutral packaging is a concern (laughs) <laughs> then it says, when my wife saw the package, she was upset that it assumed there was only two genders. Well, it's a great product and works great on my sound. The problems with misgendering caused in my marriage could have been avoided if you had gender-neutral packaging and gender-neutral descriptions. And 44 people found that helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking humanity. Uh, as a, a really magical review. I can't believe that's real. So funny. I know. I feel like it, it has to be a joke. Right? You you think but it, but you Maybe also it's know not. it's probably not <laughs> like that's the sad thing about crazy shit is it's like it has to be fake, but then you go, fuck, but it could be real. Or there's really one person who's like <laughs> don't you this should be fucking gender neutral. I'm getting a divorce now because my wife <laughs> says that. I have sexist cables <laughs> made by misogynistic men. It's like a fucking sitcom, man um yeah we were just talking about D and D from before i yeah. deleted everything we just did and now of course it's going fine so watch we'll be able to record this whole fucking thing <laughs> like it was nothing you watched
1: uh <coughs> i finished archive, archive 81
0: yeah. yeah what the fuck
1: the ending i felt like it was so like it was really good and then it just started to get kind of like weird and then i don't know i was just kind of i guess slightly disappointed with it but i was I guess it was okay. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I thought it was okay as well. I've never really been into that, like, cult stuff or, like, demon anything. That's never really, like, concerned me, to be honest. Um, But, like, John watched it. he Because he didn't know I was watching it until I was watching it. Okay, so I'm a major procrastinator. So, as you know, um, I had it playing while I was making our vegan breakfast tacos. And uh, he's like, oh! oh, Archive 81, I thought that was great. I had no idea he'd even <laughs> watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel. But, because he's always been into, we- like, weird shit, like, other world stuff. Like, yeah. not that he, like, he doesn't believe it, but, like, it's just fun just for him cool. to watch. Yeah. So, like, he really loved Fringe. Um, It's kind of like, this, that's that. more like a parallel universe oh, type okay. thing. I mean, he's a sci-fi dude. Yeah. So, as we well know. <laughs> um. But I I liked it. Yeah, it was just so, maybe too weird for me. Yeah, that's how I felt like the ending, like,
1: I don't know, I felt like it started off strong. Like, I like things that are kind of, like, believable, and when it just starts getting too, well, like, I mean, I love, like, shit like Strangers and stuff like that, obviously it's not gonna happen, but where it's, like, I don't know, that weird bordering, I don't know. Yeah, there's, like,
0: full-blown gods and shit in other worlds, I don't know. Maybe we're just probably picky bitches.
1: Yeah, I thought it was crazy too. Like the ending, it shows him like looking out at the city, and you see like the twin towers. Yeah, I was like, wow. Which reminds me, I went thrift shopping, and I found a snow globe, Uh and it was like of New York City, and it had the twin towers in it. Oh shit! And I bought it it just because, like, good. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like, I was like, this obviously has to be from before. Like, yeah everything so yeah
0: Yeah. um i think that's crazy now like have you noticed that where if it's like sometimes like time travel stuff um like i was even watching oh shit oh traveler um i think wait is that what it's called (laughs) that show on netflix it's like people from the future inhabit like the consciousness of people who are just about to die on earth it's kind of a cool crazy concept there was like one episode i watched that was like i'm done fuck this show i'm over it but, like, the first season was really Is cool. Is it, like,
1: Anthology or something? No, it's all oh. the same
0: characters. Um, they are they keep trying to prevent, like, disasters. So every time they prevent one disaster, well, now they've got to try to prevent another disaster. That, you know, because they prevented that one disaster, it other different things start yeah. happening now. So it's, it's really cool. Um, but, uh, oh, fuck, what was the point I was going to make about that? The Twin Towers. Oh, yeah, and that was, like, a big thing that, I feel like now they use that, especially like to mark times. Yeah, you see the twin towers a lot now. I yeah. feel like in movies to be like we are before two thousand and one. So, yeah, I feel like I've seen that a lot as well. Yeah. My friend,
1: well, like at, after I seen that, my friend at work had watched it as well. I brought that up to her. I was like, if I was him, I'd stop nine eleven. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but then like something else would happen. Like, yeah, and I it's was true. Like, sure, yeah,
0: it's very true. Uh, I think about that a lot sometimes in shows where I'm like, but if you change the past, then like, that means the future never happens. Yeah. And it means that you are irrelevant unless you're in a parallel universe. <laughs> uh, I think I get high a lot and I think <laughs> about that a lot.
1: <laughs> I do too. I think about weird shit like that too. It's,
0: it's almost embarrassing. It's weird. Yeah. Um, do Laura. It really hasn't made that sound, and now I want to punch my fist through this well, fucking thing.
1: Maybe just <laughs> maybe because we called it out, now it's <laughs> right now
0: it's embarrassed and ashamed as it should be. Um, okay, fuck it, I'll keep going. I finished a whole book in like three days. Well, I book? know it was called it's called Random Shit Flying Through the Air. Um, so it's the second book of a series. I think he's about ready to come out with a fourth one. But um, the first one is the girl who could move shit with her mind. Okay,
1: yeah, I remember that. I remember. I thought you said you were gonna let me
0: borrow. It I probably I, don't know if I should because. Oh, I think I'll um, never get it back. I'm just kidding. No, that's not true because you read Quality <laughs> Land. Oh yeah, I gave um, it back, right? I think that was what we were doing. Is like I think you were deciding between the two books. I I remember reading them together, and so I must have lent you one, yeah, and then we like then forgot th- okay. about the second one. Um, yeah. I've been wanting
1: to read... Because I kind of got into TikTok. Uh I've been wanting to read, like, a few books. But there was one TikTok I saw. It was like, what is the book that... It was, like, asking people who worked in a bookstore, like, what is the book that introduced you to horror or something like that? But there was one that I read, and it was, like, I can't remember it now, and I feel like I forgot to like that TikTok, so I'll never be able to find it. But it was some dude, and he had a book. I feel like it was called, like, Monster... Monsters or something. Like, it sounded really interesting, though. I think he said it was something like a kid with autism and up being able to like move shit with his mind or, oh, crazy. i don't know something crazy like you're okay. like almost like carrie-ish but also
0: like yeah i don't know it
1: sounded kind of cool i was like huh
0: you gotta but, let us know what that book is like, i
1: know that sounds cool but i was that was the one i was going to try to find what it was and yeah read it
0: <laughs> um i uh so i started reading the third game of thrones and i i'm enjoying it i feel like i i don't know there was, like, something snapped in me. Because, like, at work, there's a girl who talks about reading so much. She brought in a book. It was at least a 1,000 pages. Oh. Right? And she was like, we were just talking about books. And she goes, well, let me show you the book I'm reading right now. <laughs> so she shows us. And it's a 1,000 pages. And I was like, well, how long do you think that'll take you to read? And she goes, I'll probably be done by Thursday.
1: I was like, are yeah. you fucking
0: serious? And she goes, oh, yeah. Like, it, it wasn't even, like, of course. <laughs> and she's, because she, like, marks down everything she reads she says she read she's read 26 books so far this year and if they're all big fucking chonkers like that i was like holy shit and then i i think i was embarrassed and i like just like read as much as i could (laughs) in three days um so by the time i saw her again i was like oh my god you've inspired me to read a book i wish i could be like that i
1: feel like i used to read so much when i was like younger than i just i'm a fucking schlub now yeah
0: I don't know. We all have phones and internet, and that's way more interesting. Yeah. But i th- I think I'm really gonna try to make it a point to find a a point in the day to read. Yeah. You know. Um. And I think I'm just. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to take a break from the internet, man. It's. I feel the same. World's on fire, again. Uh, Ukraine things yeah, happening. Crazy, crazy shit. Now we've all forgotten about COVID. Fuck COVID. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Now we're just hoping for not a nuclear war. Yeah. I'd like to give a shout out uh, to World War Three. <laughs> 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 um, oh, sorry, just to dominate again because I'm rambling and I'm, I'm definitely going to smoke more here in no, a second. It's fine. But uh, the story, the girl that reads the books. Yeah, I was had, gonna ask that. Yes, she told this amazing bad roommate story. Um. She's, she knew this girl. It wasn't like they were unfamiliar with each other. They had been friends, moved in. The girl isn't really there that often. So she's like, okay, this is fine. And she goes, I remember one day it was just like a cold, chilly day. And I came home and I was like, man, I just really want to snuggle under a blanket. Yeah. So her blanket's on the sofa and she like lifts it up to move it. And a fucking vibrator flies out of it. She's like, what the fuck? (laughs) yeah and it turns out it's her roommate's vibrator yeah and her blanket on the living room sofa so she's like well this is definitely not okay yeah so she said she literally like put put it like on a paper towel like on display like this belongs to you (laughs) so the roommate comes home and is like oh um i was uh i was just cleaning it she's like what? On the sofa. On the, the sofa. <laughs> under my blanket in front of the television. Uh so she called her out on it like yeah. well whatever the case it's really not cool. And you have a bedroom yeah. that you r- you're renting you for the roommates. Right. This is a common space yeah. for everybody, you know. And she's like, "What if I had walked in on you doing whatever it was you were doing yeah. with it?" Um Oh, I hadn't really thought about that. And then she was like, "Well, why don't you use the like, your the TV in your bedroom?" She was like, "Well, out here is the Apple TV and I can stream from my phone." So she <laughs> <laughs> So that was her oh excuse, my God. Was so that she could watch porn <laughs> on the Apple TV cuz her TV doesn't stream it. It's funny. <laughs> A perfectly reasonable uh decision to make.
1: My old uh, co-worker that I worked with, Alyssa, she was really cool. I guess she lived with um, my other co-worker, Rachel. They were roommates, but she moved out. But while they were um, living together, I guess, before Alyssa moved in, Rachel had a different roommate. And I guess she had left some shit in her room. I don't know. But then Alyssa was renting the whole downstairs from her. And then they decided, like, oh... We have this friend named Dallin or something like that. He can come live with us. So he's, like, moving all his shit in, and I guess he came up to, like, Alyssa and was like, hey, uh, I think she's, he's like, who was in that room before me? She's like, oh, I was. And he's like, well, there was, like, a dildo (laughs) at the very top of the shelf. And then she's like, "That wasn't mine." And then she was like really confused. And they went in there, and th- yeah, they found this dildo, and they're like, "Oh, that must have been from like the girl before." Or oh whatever. my god! He's like, "Okay," or whatever. And then she said, like, the very next day, too. Like, he called her because he came home. And these are, like, the first two days he's living there. He, like, came home, and I guess Rachel's dog had gotten into the trash and chewed up, like, a pad. Oh, and There no. was, like, a pad stuck <gasps> no, to, like, the no. sofa and, like, just shredded <laughs> everywhere. And he called, and he's like, hey, there's, like, a pad on the sofa. like." But, oh, my God. Yeah, so that was that's really funny. <laughs>
0: Like poor guy and he's like and i'm well on my way to having (laughs) insane bad roommate stories yeah like this is my second day (laughs) it's like i'm really glad i moved in with women right this fucking i wonder if he thought she was lying too like oh okay sure it was the last girl's (laughs) dildo you fucking coward you
1: didn't find (laughs) yeah
0: how what horror i wonder if she regretted saying oh in that room, yeah, it's not like oh,
1: other people, yeah. She's like immediately being like, Yeah,
0: all my shit was in there, uh, yeah. I went through it thoroughly, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, mm hmm. She should have accused it of being his dildo, right? I think it's your dildo. <laughs> well, shit man, not a fucking peep from this piece of shit after a we... big disclaimer <laughs> about shit. Well, maybe we should just... Try and do the story. Just hurry up and do it. Because, I mean, we probably chit-chat too long, yeah. to be honest. Did you want to do yours first or me first? Or um, I'm not sure. It's like I want to smoke more, but then I won't be able to follow yours or my story. Well, I better just not smoke. Okay. I mean, you can listen, right? <laughs> no, I right. Know. I mean, more or less. Have you ever noticed how confused I get sometimes while you're telling your stories? <laughs> where I'm like, wait, Who? Yeah. What's happening? And you'd be like, I literally said thirty fucking seconds ago she parked her car. What? It was nineteen oh seven. I just said that. Years nineteen oh seven. Oh, what year is this Laura? <laughs> um, okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Then I I will go. Let me go. Okay. And then I'll smoke. And then it's uh, it'll be nice and confusing. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna continue on Black History Month because we kind of missed last week. Um. And it was like, I, I don't know. I felt like the story was way worth telling. Um, so I'm going to talk about Carter G. Woodson, um, the father of black history. This is where black history month come from, comes from and why he did it. Um, all for very good reasons, of course. So Carter G. Woodson, otherwise known as the father of black history, was born December of 1875 in new Canton, Virginia. Uh, he was the fourth of seven surviving children. I guess his parents had two children that had passed away before, um, he was born, but both of his parents had been former slaves and growing up, the family was often food insecure, meaning they didn't really know where their next meal was coming from. And like, they were always working like their asses off to make sure that there was food coming, uh, you know, every having dinner every night was, you know, it's yeah. kind of a big deal. So every mem- member of the family, they had to work as well just to help make ends meet. And then every sad this was like so sweet and so sad. Every Saturday night, his mother would wash his clothes, which were the only pair that he owned to be Aww. cleaned the next day for Sunday for church. Um, So to help out, Carter would work his family's six acre farm Um. That I guess it had really poor soil quality, but it did provide some vegetables for the family to eat, and it was difficult to verify, but it, I remember one site, or maybe it was a little video, someone said that his family was forced into sharecropping, Um, and I'll do more on that in just a second, but the school he attended um, only had a five-month term, so it was only active five months out of the year, which is like crazy to me. Um, And Carter couldn't always attend and he would only show up on rainy or snowy days because it meant he couldn't work the field. So then he would go to school. So if it was a beautiful day, like he had to be outside working Um, when he was unable to work in the field. uh, Oh, even though he was unable to work in the or I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) When he was unable to work in the field, despite the infrequency of his attendance and actually go, he was an excellent student and he was able to catch on and excel very quickly. So real quick, sharecropping. And I know I mentioned it, I think, last week or the week or, you know, whenever the fuck it was. We recorded last. Um So there is a little bit more insight into the practice, and I feel like we should all be really furious about about it. Uh, Sharecropping is a type of farming where families rent small plots of lands from the landowner um, in return for a portion of their crop to be given to the landowner each year. And this isn't an unusual arrangement. Um, It is something that's been practiced all over the world, but it was literally the only option for former slaves. Like, they literally had nothing else to do. Mm. Like, they weren't given their own land which I'll get into in a second, but usually it was very predatory, like, the way the, the contracts that they had to sign, like, I remember we talked about black codes, where, like, you had to sign a contract mm-hmm. saying, and not all states, but some states, um, saying that, like, okay, I'm agreeing to this really shitty arrangement, and if you didn't sign that contract, you could be arrested, yeah. so it was, like, how is that a fucking choice? Yeah,
1: it's like you have <laughs> to.
0: Yeah. um, So the term 40 acres and a mule, that is something, you know, it's it's something I've heard for a long time. But in its original concept, it was just 40 acres and the mule came came later. So there was an order given by Lincoln that every former slave would be given land um, so that they wouldn't be caught in a vicious cycle of poverty by having you know no economic prosperity Um, everyone knew that the only real chance former slaves would have of being successful on their own was land ownership and if today people don't own homes like I feel like it's you know just as an example if you don't own a home you really don't have wealth attached to you Mm -hmm. you know Um, not very many assets so and uh, people back then knew this as well so um, the idea was a collaboration between General William Shermer uh, Secretary of War Edwin M stanton and 20 leaders of the black community that met in savannah georgia um when asked for the first time like this is like literally the first time people were like oh well maybe we should ask black people what they want um what former slaves wanted the most and the unanimous answer was land so this is a quote by reverend frazier who was there um he said, "The way that we can best take care of ourselves is to have land and turn it and till it by our own labor, and we can soon maintain ourselves and have something to spare. We want uh, to be places oh. we want to be places on land until we are able to buy it and make it our own. So of course, this doesn't happen. Um, for those that already had received their forty acres, uh, and again, the mule wasn't officially on the books. Um, the government like they do, they went back on their word. So the US had confiscated 400,000 acres of Confederate land, dividing it into 40 acres um, for freed slaves. And some were already working and living on that land. And then after Lincoln's assassination, Andrew Johnson uh, decided that it would be better to just give the land back to the defeated traitorous Confederates and give the freed slaves jack shit. So they like, people were living and working on that land and they literally, like, were chased out by the army. Like, you got to go somewhere else. Like, we don't fucking care that, like, you've already started establishing yeah. your life here. Um, so, So yeah. Most families kind of ended up, just through lack of anything really being available, into sharecropping as a way to make money. Um, sorry. Sorry. So it was back to working with absolutely no rights other than being free by forced into economic disparity. So instead of economic stability, they ended up being dependent on a faulty system that often left black sharecroppers with more debt than what they started with. So back to Carter G. Woodson. As a young teen, he took on a six-year apprenticeship as a minor. That fucking cat. Um, so there he met an illiterate. yet highly intelligent black man named oliver jones jones encouraged the literate carter to read to the other illiterate minors and you know a lot of them are black but this practice helped woodson shape his views of the world and get him motivated especially working alongside some not so nice white men that like to gloat about what side they fought on during the civil war and like just terrible things they had done to black people so Finally, at age 20, Carter enrolled himself at Douglas High School. So he started going to high school at 20 years old. Um, But he got his diploma in less than two years. And after that, he got his first college degree from Berea College, I think, in Kentucky. Um, Was this enough for Carter? Fuck no. He furthered his education by attending the University of Chicago and obtained both a bachelor's as well as a master's degree. And I've never felt like such a lazy piece of shit in my life, dude. Uh, So... Let's see. Was that enough for Carter? Fuck no. He went ahead and attended Harvard, where he became the second African-American to receive his Ph.D. from the institution, and that first African-American being none other than W.E.B. Du Bois. Oh. Um, right? Yeah. So, and this is crazy. To this day, Carter is the only person to earn a Ph.D. in history and having enslaved parents in America. Wow. So, yeah, he's clearly a badass. That's cool. Um, So before going off to Harvard, though, the Philippines had failed at an insurrection, and we all know the feeling, in 1902. Uh, Let's see. The U.S. government arranged for social and economic aid programs, giving Woodson the opportunity to teach overseas between 1903 and 1907. So now he's serving overseas in the Philippines, which is like, holy shit, this kid's life is insane. Um, As well as serving as supervisor of schools and... uh, let me see. Teacher training in the Oh no, what did I What did I write? <laughs> oh. Oh, sorry because it's a Filipino City and I f- oh. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Par Parcasian. I don't know what I wrote. Province, a province. I'm so sorry. Um, It was after his time teaching in the Philippines that he attended the University of Chicago. So his thesis was on 18th century French diplomacy policy. And I literally cannot think of anything more boring (laughs) in my fucking life than reading that paper. So uh, something about, I don't know, 17th century French diplomacy. Uh I'm not sure. Okay, right. Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's talk about 17th century. I will read you that paper. (laughs) Right, right, Laura, you're on. (laughs) Um, When he did finally get back um, to Harvard in 1907, so he was working also a full time job while working towards his doctorate, and his dissertation wasn't accepted until 1912. The timeline was like confusing for me. Um, So something I heard, but I didn't really see in any of the articles, though. Um, was that he was told by a professor that black people didn't really have a history. Like, the idea was, oh, black history did not, didn't start until enslavement. Like, oh, that's when your history really began, oh, when you yeah. were involved with white people. Then your history yeah. mattered, which is, of course, like, horrible.
1: Um, <sighs> yeah, I just saw something recently. Someone said that same thing, too. Like, Ooh. today. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. I don't remember where where it was. It was something I saw on TikTok, but
0: anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like, he, he felt that Harvard was actually a good example of the miseducation of the Negro. Like, that was kind of, I think, that's, like, a book he wrote, too, um... So, he taught in segregated schools in Washington, D.C. In 1915, he founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Um, In 1916, the first publication of the Journal of Negro History was published, uh, which I think is still active today, but it operates under the name the Journal of African American History. Let's see. Um... Yeah, and I think it's important too to know that African American history wasn't published in mainstream journals until the 1960s and to give a clue as to how fucked up the environment was for black for a black person to publish any kind of writing at all, um, there was a man named RB du- I'm sorry oops RW Um He was a black scholar. He received a review from the New York Times on his book. He wrote America's greatest problem um, the Negro. And the reviewer argued that no African-American had ever, this is crazy, contributed a single line to literature worth the printing, a single cog in the machine of um, invention, an idea to any science, or in short, advanced civilization, a single millimeter since the first Congo pair was placed on this soil. That literally African-Americans had never done anything worthwhile to ever even be noted. Like, that's literally what the New York Times reviewed for this fucking book. Yeah, and then went on to say about the South that, okay, Jesus fucking Christ, okay, he went on to say about the South, the deplorable situations in parts of the South, of course, with the daily terror that it imposes on white women. So, dude, what? <laughs> this was the New York Times, and like, you know, just over a hundred years ago, yeah. that's how he reviewed it. Yes. Um, Okay. Sorry. So nonetheless, Carter G. Whitson, badass that he was, he went on to write over 20 books. um, And through his career, he was the dean of Howard University and of West Virginia uh, Collegiate Institute. And as the years passed, he wanted black. He did want. So like he made Black History Week. He got that passed. Uh And then he realized that Black History Week just like wasn't going to be enough. So he was trying to push for Black History Month. Um, and sadly, though, in 1950, he passed away from a heart attack. Mm. And it wasn't until 1976 that Black History Month was fin- finally implemented. It was finally recognized. Um, yeah. So that was pretty much the life of Carter G. Woodson. And um, just because it's, like, relevant, I think, and I mm-hmm. I feel like Black history definitely falls under this. But, like, there you've seen, I'm sure you've seen it in the news, like, the insanity over critical race theory being oh, yeah. being yeah, added yeah, to schools. See, yeah. And it's like, it's not, I don't know. There's a really, really great John Oliver. If you've got HBO, please, mm-hmm. for the love of God, watch it. Mm-hmm. It just breaks down what critical race theory is because a lot of people have a lot of ideas yeah. about what they think it means. Yeah. And I guarantee you the only place they got their information from Facebook or Facebook or, or Fox news yeah. or the heritage foundation. I was looking at the heritage foundation just to click on it. And Oh my God, they're making it like the, the fi- people that are trying to add critical race theory to schools are like wiping their assholes with the constitution. I yes. mean, that's literally yeah. how they're selling it. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to humanity, to America. Um, but like black history month, goddamn falls under critical race theory like it's it's just the idea that hey what if we evaluated the way black people or my you know uh minorities have been treated in this country perhaps maybe even unknowingly we've done things that may have promoted inequality yeah that's literally what critical race theory is yeah and And i
1: used to Yeah. No, no, no. I just remember always, like, arguing with Garrett about that, too. Like, dude, like, the things that we've done in the past still affect For sure. ...today, and... uh, Yeah, I just feel like cause... Yeah,
0: I don't know. I feel like it's... it's And it's like, there there are places... So, just as an example of, like, how fucked up it is, there's... So, one state still, it's either Arkansas or Alabama. I think it's Arkansas. They still celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day in unison with Robert E Lee day. Yikes. That's not an accident. Yeah. That is done on purpose. And there were 5 southern states that originally did that. Now there's only one. Yeah. But why 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 the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Unless you're sending a message yeah. to people. You know, there was um there was a church in the south. It was a white nationalist that shot up a black church and the sale of Confederate flags oh, yeah, went up 8000%. Yeah. Like What exactly does that mean? It's probably not good. Like, just to study it and understand maybe where this thinking is coming from. And that's literally what it is. It's not to shame people. But, like, I think the teaching of Jim Crow laws would fall under critical race theory. And that's shit that we should know. The fact that Hitler, fucking Hitler, took notes on how the South treated black people with Jim Crow laws. That should fucking say something. So... Anyway, not to go too deep into it, yeah. but um, if you want to know more about it, you know, please, please, please watch that HBO. Yeah. John Oliver, it just came out a, a few weeks ago. He really covers critical race theory, yeah. I think, in a smart and articulate way, better yeah. than I'm doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's why I don't even want to talk about it, because I'm so, like... I don't say anything correctly but like there was like that podcast i listened to too kind of talking about it and like revolving around like education and stuff and i don't remember who it was by but it was like really crazy like it was so interesting to listen to and just like a lot of stuff that like you don't even think about or really realize
0: yeah yeah Um, So, real quick, let me just go over um, PBS.org, there's an article by Henry Louis Gates Jr., The Truth um, Behind 40 Acres on a Mule Um, ASALH.org I got a Smithsonian article from Kat Eschner, and then really quick sorry, I was very lazy, I have to (laughs) look up everything online I wanted
1: to do that too, and then I was like I'll just write them down
0: Yeah. Oh, no, that's uh, something different I'm sure I can edit that out I probably won't have time <laughs> that fucking noise is back too god damn it Um. oh this was a really good one too an article by the Guardian and it's well okay I do think it's picking specifically on Republicans but fake news sites pushing Republicans critical race theory scare which is true you know to bring up the fact that Fox News brought up critical race theory almost 5,000 <laughs> times last year that's that's dozens of times a day yeah. that that would break down to you that you're bringing it up. So you're you're clearly making it like this flurry yeah. of information. and, and it, it's in the John Oliver thing where Tucker Carlson is saying, saying well, I don't even really know what critical race theory is. I mean, I've I've been listening to it for a year. I don't know what it is. But, you know, I mean, it's immoral. It's wrong. We can't be teaching kids that, you know, being white is bad. And he literally just said he didn't know fucking shit about it. Yeah. And then ran into, and that's why it's immoral and it's wrong. And it's it's crazy. Did you see that video of, um, it was like
1: some guy asking like some lady who was like outside, I think it was like some Trump rally or something they're like, oh, what is critical race theory? Do you know what oh, it is? Oh, sorry, your, blo- your hand's blocking the oh. Mike. They're just asking her, like, do you know what critical race theory is? And I literally just saw this, like, two weeks ago because, like, I hadn't known what it was. And afterward, I, like, had to Google it. So I was like, what is yeah. this exactly? But, yeah, she was like, well, you know, it's just, it's really terrible. And it's those things that uh, they shouldn't be, it shouldn't be taught in schools. It's horrible. But, yeah, I was just like, like. lady, do you even know what you're angry Yeah. About? He's like, what exactly shouldn't be taught? And then she just like, I feel like completely changed the subject <laughs> and was like, yeah,
0: or that's like kind that. of what people do, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and then the other one I got was AmericanBar. dot org, um, and you know, just the fact that it's taught at higher levels of law, you know, it's it's actually taught in law school, but they're just saying, well, what if we just, you know, let people know that, hey, maybe kind of plant that seed of like, hey, it's. It's possible that people get treated differently, you know, in the justice system. Uh, just as a, a an example, Khalif Browder, that's a really yeah. good story to look up. How are you familiar with that I one? Know. He spent, I think, I think two years on Riker Island because someone accused him of stealing a backpack and he never was convicted in court he yeah. just was on rikers island and i spent months and months and months in solitary confinement and he ended up killing himself yeah because he was not okay after um a gross injustice there's supposed to be a right to a fair and speedy trial and he did not get that yeah. you know and oh by the way he's also black you know um, yeah. there's just so many examples
1: yeah because in that one podcast i had listened to too about like just like the whole education system and, like, people being at disadvantages, like, oh, people who, like, still... Because, like, I don't know, Garrett and I used to argue a lot, like, you know, black people can get themselves out of, like... They have opportunities to, like, get education and get houses if they want to and, like, stuff like this where, like... Even, like, I was reading something like this law, this crazy law where this dude was, like, a veteran. He, like, served the country, all this stuff. And he wanted to get a house or something like that, but he wasn't able to because the laws, like, legally didn't, like yeah allow him to and he had to give up like some kind of like thing that he was supposed to get for serving in the military but wasn't able to and so like because of that then like obviously like i feel like it's just missing like this whole opportunity that like affects like his kids and his kids kids and like yeah Yeah. I i feel like it just carries on
0: yeah like john's grandparents so like he his dad he was born and his dad was 40 and when his dad was born his parents were about 40 so like there's kind of a lot of space between that so his parents bought this house in evanston illinois in like the late 1800s um i'm sorry did i say his parents his grandparents bought this house in evanston illinois in the the late 1800s and in the fucking in the mortgage like it states specifically like you cannot sell your house to jewish people or black people it's it's a fucking rule um talking about inclusion oh and then there is a podcast i actually got some information from too it's called and i've listened to it before it's called black history for white people um because i am a white person that that knows very little and uh it's that fucking noise is back hang on i was trying to
1: find that fucking podcast that i really want you to listen to
0: hang on wait we're gonna pause it it's but yeah, so Black History for White People, it's a really, really well done podcast. Um, they're a little religious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More than I care about. But but they make good points of like oh that fucking noise dude, now it's back. Is it back again? Yes. Um but making the point of I, I'm really happy they have they do have a black woman there. I think she's a god damn it. I think she teaches at a university. So help me God. All right, see, this is why we didn't release last week. <laughs> this fucking noise. And I'm pausing. Because um, it is two white guys that are talking about, you know, just subjects. And I like that she's there to kind of interject to be like, you know, oh, hey, white boys, real quick, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I have my my perspective of this. And it's, it's really great, the back and forth that they have. Um, it's really cool. So did you find that podcast?
1: I think it was the factually but i'm trying oh. to find the episode what and... what was it on again um it was just like about the like just like the education system and just i wonder how... was it
0: reparations because i was starting to listen to it and then i didn't finish it um but there know. was a guy talking about talking about rec- reparations like no. what we can do oh, okay
1: it was like this lady and she was like an expert and uh, I really just want to. I am sorry. I probably won't be able to find it, but.
0: That's okay. Is this it? No. God damn it. There's a different one I listen to. Ah, uh,
1: well, whatever. Maybe if you if find, find it. it Great. I'll... <laughs> I'll text it to you. Okay. So,
0: yeah. Um,. So I mean that was pretty much his life, and he was a badass motherfucker, and he really fought for shit. And I would like to argue, and it's it's been my point. I'm I'm fine with Black History Month, but it's shit that we should just be learning about yeah. anyway. Like, I Black History is just as much as part of fucking American history, yeah. and it it is American history, you know. To know that really this, this country prospered for a very long fucking time because of slavery. Yeah. Um, and just why the inability to just recognize it and to say, well, maybe we can start at the very least reinvesting in some communities yeah. that are clearly, you know, yeah. red line districts and pharmacy uh, deserts and food deserts and all that shit, you know, that just makes life really difficult. Okay rant over okay <laughs> sorry you should go now All right, yours sorry. is happier so okay. i well, i hope
1: yeah yeah it is oh thank God. i felt like it was kind of hard to find yeah. like information on this and i sh- wish i like would have watched that, watched documentary, that documentary but Damn whatever because i it was,
0: saw it i was like i wonder if laura saw this yeah
1: yeah because there was a couple of them that i saw like um i think it was like something like roller dream something and then yeah i don't know Anyways, um, but it wasn't really about, I think, black history. is more just kind of like roller skating history. Anyways, yes. okay. So, um, yeah, to finish up Black History Month, I guess, even though it's That's already right. over, I'm going to talk about roller skating and how that just ties in with black history since it's something I love so much and feel like I kind of just owe it. To the black community, because everything I've learned on skates, and just, yeah. So, um mm-hmm. I wanted to start off, just since there's, like, a lot of different types of roller skating, just to kind of talk about that. You know, it's kind of, like, I don't know, pointless, maybe. But, um there's, like, artistic skating, which is, like, basically figure skating, which is a little different on roller skates. It's usually on the quad skates. Um Some people may use end lines to do it, which quad skates are the ones with, like, the four wheels, two in the front, two in the back, and then end lines are just... In a straight line, in case mm-hmm. you don't know that, because I feel like some people who don't skate a lot yeah, don't know that. Um, but I skate in the quads. Um, I think it allows you to do more tricks, and you have more balance, more room to move your feet. And I think that's kind of what people really used to skate on back in the day, too, mm-hmm. really, is just, like. Yeah, and that's what you do kind of for, like, jam skating and rhythm skating, and I feel like that's kind of what a lot of people in the black community do. So, um, and then, yeah, the inlines are a bit more restrictive. That's, like, what the little speed skaters do every Wednesday night when I see them show up to practice, (laughs) and that one kid who you're always like, what is wrong with his wheel like he's like missing that wheel in the middle yeah, or yeah and i, I think. think
0: he's actually missing the two middle wheels it's yeah, like just the two, two end wheels and i see that more now yeah
1: i think it's just for speed skating so oh. yeah there's a whole bunch of different stuff um jam skating is like a mix of gymnastics dancing and skating and it started to become popular in the 1970s and that it was based more around like disco moves and disco amusement but um, now it's evolved into break dancing and is more in line with modern day music. So they even have their own skates designed for it. Um, they don't have, like the toe stops on them just so they can do more tricks kind of thing. And then there's rhythm, rhythm skating, which is basically just more kind of like dancing while you skate and like shuffling. And it's just a different variation of jam skating. And you have like the boots versus like jam skates are kind of shorter. So, yeah. So, the actual history of skating. So, um, in the 1950s, skating rinks offered only one night per week where the black community could come out and skate. And it was usually called Black Night. But um, once, like, the Civil Rights Movement really started happening, they're like, we can't call it that anymore. So, they had other names such as Soul Night. They even had, like, Martin Luther King Night. Yeah, during the Civil Rights Movement. Sorry. Um, those terms actually started to become less acceptable. So it was actually interesting while I was watching that United States documentary, uh-huh. one guy was talking about how the term adult night actually was like a way where while people were starting to like integrate and like segregation was starting was like
0: going away. Yeah,
1: going away. Um they still were like, How can we segregate them? So they called, like, the night where, like, black people would usually show up, like, adult night. And then oh that term God. still kind of just stuck around, which I thought was crazy because, yeah. yeah, I go to adult night and, like, I never knew that. Yeah. so It had racist yeah. fucking roots, man. Literally. So it was pretty crazy. Um, So I read about this man named Reggie. And the rich history of black roller skating rinks and their civil rights legacy, which was one of my sources. Um, he'd been skating since he was 12, and he said that his mother and uncles were avid skaters and that they spent every Thursday night going to soul nights in Chicago at a roller rink. And he said that, like, one of the things he remembered the most was just seeing a whole bunch of people who looked like me, in uh, quotes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, yeah, everything was still segregated during this time. Clothing and the music policies discrim-
0: discriminated. <laughs> oh no,
1: Dis- <laughs> discriminated against the stylization and culture of black communities up until Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act. But as we know, you know, it still, still does <laughs> has its issues. Yeah. Um. So next page. Sorry. So um. Up until this time, the black community fought for the right to roller skate in rinks, and the segregation continued throughout the 60s. And Dr. Victoria Wolcott, the author of "Race Riots and Roller Coasters," said the three hardest public spaces to desegregate during the civil rights era were actually public pools, amusement parks.
0: (laughs) I think you're getting my secondhand marijuana. I'm like,
1: "Uh." (laughs) Um, amusement parks and roller skating rinks, which is crazy. So, Yeah. yeah. In 1955, there was a place in Detroit called the Rollercade, and it was the first African-American-owned roller skate rink in America, which allowed African-Americans to skate every night of the week because –
0: sorry – it's okay well it's crazy something as inane as just roller skating for fuck's sake man like look how much they had to go through literally
1: just to skate um yeah so because of this the black community was able to take those policies that discriminated against their clothes and music and make skating what they wanted it to be um they developed their own style and they were able to skate to their own music and develop skating techniques that we still see today and so these different styles actually continue in today. You know, someone in Detroit is going to skate differently than someone you see here, or like in LA. A friend I of I m-
0: literally would not have thought of that. I don't know why. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm going to look shit
1: up. <laughs> um, a friend of mine actually at the roller ring named Sarah, she's like an older lady, like mm-hmm. maybe like 50 or something like that. Um, one day she came up to us. She's like, this is what we do in California. Do you guys want to like skate with me? So we all like held hands and we were like a circle, but then we were like also like so, we were, like, skating in a circle as we,
0: like, skated
1: the oh rink God. in a circle.
0: It was crazy. So, so, so some people have to, like, skate backwards I'm Yeah. Sure. It
1: was <gasps> really nuts. It was so crazy because you, you kind of have to, like, skate, like, this way like, while, like, you're, skating. You're, like,
0: rotating a planet, but, like, around. Yeah.
1: Literally. It <laughs> was so cool. It was crazy. But, yeah, it was really interesting. So, <laughs> I was, like, wow. Like, and I've never seen anyone else do that. So, obviously, it's just something, I guess, they do in, like, California, you know. So, um I didn't get to watch much of that United Skates documentary, but there was a custom skate designer named Pete, in it, and he had said that, you know, if you go somewhere and the rink is really thriving and doing well, it's because they have a strong African-American skate community. And I really think that's true. And then it was kind of sad, too, because there was other people there, like, talking about, like, in the documentary, because I only watched, like, a little bit of it, like, saying, like, you know, like, our skate rink is closing down or, like, you know, they don't even have adult nights. They yeah. have to skate to, like, the top 40s or whatever it is. Ugh, so, like, yeah. yeah, it was, like, kind of depressing <laughs> Yeah, I love skating so much. Um, So, yeah, and even when I first started skating, like, at adult nights, I felt really intimidated because yeah i'm like this little fucking white chick and it's like all these black people there, like skating so amazing i've
0: i've taken you know married to that yeah to, to that skate city and it's um it is it's there's a a large black community yeah. that goes and skates there and honestly most of them do it much better yeah. than <laughs> the white people yeah literally do, yeah for sure
1: and it's because they've been probably doing it forever like way more
0: tricks like, easily skate it's just it's like backwards and, and, yes. yeah they're like and you they're way more into it you can tell yeah, they just have that like very soul. few white ladies will like dance while they're skating and yeah. like no, man, the black chicks are fucking having a blast, yeah. the dudes are having a blast, like, yeah. yeah. And that's
1: why, yeah, so, like, eventually, I, like, really started to, like, see that, and, like, adult night really, like, started to just, like, get fun for me, just, like, that energy, and just, it's, like, so fun, they're all, yes. like, dancing in, like, grooves, like, calling out, they, like, yes. bring, like, whistles and shit, like, yeah. it's fun, <laughs> like, I like it a lot, and, yeah, I just learned it was, like, this big community, and everyone's just having a good time, like, yeah. sharing knowledge, like, I met friends and people who, like, come up to me, and they'll be like, I'll teach you how to do this, like, yeah. You know, it's like, I think, a cultural connector and um, everything I was reading online kind of said the same thing. Yeah. And even while I was researching this, I guess in Los Angeles in the 1980s, um, roller skate rinks were declared, like, neutral territory by the Bloods and the Crips. Oh, and shit. That's yeah. fucking serious, dude. It was dude. basically, like, a safe space, despite the violence occurring between the two groups. So That's that was pretty really interesting. really cool, actually. Yeah. So um as the rich history of black roller skating started to develop places such as central park, New York and Los Angeles were the first city sanctuaries for the black skating culture. Um, due to segregation in these other communities, the black communities started skating on the streets of these cities, just as a way to express freedom and just, you know, skate, <laughs> uh, since there aren't many rinks like the roller in Detroit. Um, so in one documentary, A man who experienced segregation in Chicago said that black people were allowed one evening a week to head to the rink called Soul Night, but in Detroit, it was called Hell Night. Oh my God. So I'm like, holy shit. But yeah. Um, So roller rinks had been the site of many peaceful protests and one skater from Illinois named Reverend Cohn spoke in that same documentary about the KKK attacking picketers And the rink would later close down because they just refused to integrate. So um, as I was researching, so I just thought this was so cool. I found this story about one of the um, most famous instances of roller skating intersecting with the civil rights movement. And it included this man named Ledger Smith. Which this was like all over the Washington Post, and um, leading up to Martin Luther King's, you know, I have a dream speech, which everyone knows about, I mm-hmm. feel like. Uh, Smith skated 685 miles to attend the monumental moment in history. Holy shit. He wore a little like placard that said freedom around his neck. He lost 10 pounds and he almost got run over by a racist driver in Fort ah. Wayne, Indiana. And one of the little articles I read said that although he wasn't doing any tricks, he was skating with a purpose, and I just thought it was really amazing and like powerful thing to do. And in an interview with the Baltimore Afro American in 1963, he said that after he arrived to Washington, he was sore and aching, but he was hoping he was 700 miles closer to freedom. (laughs) So
0: break a fucking two by four. (laughs) I know, right? Thighs. I rarely
1: skate for two hours, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so I just thought it was, like, a cool little fact and contributed to the strength and power of the black community, so. Yeah. Um, it was also, I guess, a key development in, like, rap music and culture because apparently as rap emerged in the 80s and 90s, people were, like, freaking out. I feel
0: like you talked about this uh, cause, too. Because ragtime, like, it yeah. just it totally reminded me of the 90s and, like, the gangster rap. And, yeah.
1: You're promoting violence. Yeah. yeah, so um when that was, like, all happening... Rinks were, like, a place where uh, people like Queen Lativa, salt n Pepper and WA were, like, able to perform and just have, like, that safe space, kind of, so. And then, um, sadly, I was reading online, like, that, I think it was, I don't remember because I didn't write it down, but skating used to be, like, it was, like, the popular sport and whatever, the 50s or some mm-hmm. shit like that, and now it's, like kind of dying, I think, because of COVID, like, there was kind of that surge. Like, I couldn't even find fucking roller skates during that time, but um, a lot of the, like, black community, the black skating community began to, like, kind of go underground is what I read, and yeah, I guess where it does, where we do still see, like, people skating and stuff like that, I think we can really thank the black community for keeping it alive after all these years and just T- you know for enriching the skate community with skill talent passion and, and strength
0: probably like taking it to a bet like a bigger level yeah
1: you know? yeah because it was just like skating in a circle versus like all like i feel like jam skating rhythm skating really does come kind of yeah like
0: from like the black community well. um my sorry my grandma talks about because you know she's an old lady yeah. she's 90 90 91 wow Shit, i'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> sorry um but she talks about when she was a kid or a teenager, roller skating, because they all had like those hard, um, what is it? The heels of yeah. the bottoms of their shoes. It was roller skates were literally just like these wood things yeah, with wheels you, like, on them. Yeah, they strap onto. No, your... not even strap. She said there were fucking nails that you just like jammed oh your foot God. down onto. Like stick it. They were like little nails, obviously. Yeah. But like you just like crunch and then you go skating. Wow. So That's crazy. Yeah. Fucking OG. <laughs> <laughs> that's my grandma on her little roller skates. Okay,
1: I wanted to show you this picture of yes. Ledger, because I thought it was just so cute.
0: Him on his little skates. Oh, is this the guy that skated those seven hundred miles? Yeah. Oh. Oh my god! And that's what he, he's wearing—like khakis. Yeah. He skated <laughs> seven hundred miles of fucking khakis. Yeah. Holy shit! And a watch. yes Uh,
1: <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I just thought that was amazing. It was really cool.
0: I wonder how stained that shirt was when he got there. Yeah. Did he? Well, obviously, I guess he. Uh, I don't know no, why I'm thinking a, like, he did it.
1: Just like fucking forced dump. Like
0: <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking he just <laughs> never slept. Yeah. Like 700 miles. I'm gonna assume he stopped some places. I wonder if he had people meet him and give him like clean clothes. Right. And I bet like, I see, bet they did. Like,
1: yeah. <sighs> but yeah, it's pretty crazy. 700 miles. I'm like, whoa and i it's funny when i was writing that i was like wow i really need to lose 10 pounds what if i know
0: you could just skate to (laughs) dallas texas (laughs) and come on back probably fucking die yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) well like when we talk about you know people that talk about like oh what if the apocalypse happened or the grid went out and like we all had to live off the land it's like i know for sure like i'm not I don't think I'm exaggerating. I know for sure, 100%, I would be dead in two weeks. Yeah, I know it. I'm useless (laughs) as a human being. I can't do anything worthwhile. Not in like a dismal kind of way, but I can't grow food. I don't know. Literally. I don't have a generator. I don't... I have prepared for nothing. I'd have to find someone who... Yes, I i mean we had a crop or something. yeah it's like i don't know we've got a couple of guns but yeah. i don't want to hurt other people i i don't <laughs> yeah. but i don't know how to hunt um yeah <laughs> i'm doomed
1: i think about that too honestly like because i feel like everyone's always like oh i'd fucking live like blah blah, blah. but it's like, like honestly
0: well, you'd have to turn yourself into Negan you? from the walking dead <laughs> you know Ooh, <laughs> we might how are we going over have to wrap this up. All right. No, because my computer's gonna die. Oh, Oop. You might want to plug in your PC it's oh. saying okay. I'm gonna
1: read my sources. They're on a
0: okay. little note card on that fucking... Do you want to read it while I run upstairs and grab my yeah. cord? Okay, hang on. I'm going. Here. Okay. I need that paper. Oh, your paper.
1: Yeah. Should I just read it while you're gone? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... My sources were from AFAMRollerskatemuseum.org, an article called Why Do We Need a Museum of Roller Skate? The Daily Beast Rich History of Black Roller Skating and the Civil Rights Legacy by Elena, can't say her last name, and then a vice story called Overlooks the History of African American Skate Culture. And then finally, Roller Skating and Racism from Dog's Day magazine.
0: (laughs) Ah, ah, I need three Ah. (laughs) rounds. Fuck. Maybe we should just send it. Okay. 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 All right.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Stay safe, young ones. And don't forget to charge your laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.